Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me. A Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. going on everybody welcome to episode 505 of the talking Friars podcast and youtube show ben fadden with you here it is november 1st 2023 we have reached the month of november and this is when we really start get going here in the off season usually in the month of november world series it's about to end texas rangers thanks to travis jankowski and some other guys on that team obviously Corey seager marcus Semyon. They have a 3-1 lead in this series on the D-backs. Who knows if the baseball season will end today. Maybe it will end on Friday. Maybe it will end with the Game 7 on Saturday. That doesn't feel like that's going to happen, but I guess you could see a path. But once this World Series is done, that's really when we're going to start to get going here. And so by the end of this week, we're going to start to see some moves, some announcements probably, some more rumors happening around Major League Baseball, what could happen? Because there's still, let's remember, it's not just the Padres. There's a bunch of manager jobs that are still open. The Mets, the Angels, the Brewers, the Guardians, probably forgetting Astros, right? Um, you know, Padres, obviously. There's a lot of jobs that are still open, and then there's coaching staffs that have to be filled. So who knows who's going to be on this Padres coaching staff come, you know, in the next couple weeks, come no, mid-November. 
who's not going to be on the coaching staff, who's going to be the manager of the team. And that's where I want to start off this show. I'm going to get to the last Padres season review that I've been doing here in the month of October since the Padres season has concluded. That last player review will be Fernando Tatis Jr. And uh, before that, I want to talk about what Dennis Lynn and Britt Giroli reported. Not in The Athletic. I, I did not see, maybe there is an article up, but I did not see an article up yesterday on it. It was just reported on social media, on X or on Twitter. It's Twitter to me. Um, the first tweet, Dennis Lynn writes, Benji Gill, Phil Nevin, and Eric Chavez are among the external candidates who are in various stages of the interview process for the Padres' managerial opening. Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty continued to be viewed as the favorites for the job, which I'm not surprised by. I think it's going to end up being one of those two guys. I still think it's going to be between Flaherty or Schilt. And if you notice, those three guys that are named there by Dennis Lynn, Benji Gill, Phil Nevin, and Eric Chavez, those are all like local candidates. Those are all people, I believe, that live either in San Diego or near San Diego. So this could be the Padres just being like, all right, these are our external interviews, but we don't have to fly someone across, across the country to come interview for this job. We can just have them drive down to Petco Park and talk to them for a couple of hours, right? Bricciaroli then quote tweeted Dennis Lynn's tweet here and said, sources clarify, Phil Nevin could interview later this week. Gill is in preliminary discussions, and Chavez no longer expected to be in the mix. Now, Chavez, I guess he could become a bench coach for the Padres. He could be on the coaching staff. Because remember, he's the bench coach right now, or at least he was this past season under Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter got relieved of his duties, and so they're going in a different direction. If they bring someone like Craig Council in, he's probably going to want to bring Pat Murphy with him, or maybe Pat Murphy gets the Milwaukee job. We'll see what happens there. But I don't know if Eric Chavez would stick around with the Mets. It, it doesn't even have to be Craig Council. It could be a random manager, name a manager that they hire. Is that person going to be able to hire his own coaching staff? Or is David Stearns with the Brewers going to say, no, you have to keep Eric Chavez. You have to keep these certain coaches, and then you can hire your own coaches in the other spots that are available. Because remember with the Padres, A.J. Preller, he allowed Bob Melvin to bring in Matt Williams and Ryan Christensen. I believe those were the only two. Nieblo was already hired before Bowmill came in, and Preller had say in David Masias. I forget the, the timing of that, but he's the first base coach and outfield coach. Brought in Scott Coolbaugh. And the other million hitting coaches, obviously Ryan Flaherty continued to stay. That was a Preller decision. Remember, he denied the Mets the access to Ryan Flaherty for Ryan to talk to the Mets for the bench coach job. He, the Padres then, prevented that from happening by giving Ryan Flaherty the bench coach title. Bench coach slash offensive coordinator. No official hitting coach title on anyone in this coaching staff. Just offensive coordinator slash bench coach. And the associate manager, really the bench coach, was Ryan Christensen. So just make it up names, really, as we go here for this coaching staff. But yeah, so the latest is Eric Chavez. You can cross that name off of the list. The guys that seem to be in the running could be more. 
There's probably going to be interviews later this week because that's what's talked about here. Nevin could interview later this week. So down to Phil Nevin, Benji Gill, Mike Schilt, and Ryan Flaherty. I think that there are some Padres fans that would like to see Benji Gill be the manager over any of these candidates. Phil Nevin would be very interesting because, okay, did it work with the Angels? No, they didn't make the postseason, but there were also a lot of injuries. It looked like they might have been able to make the postseason when the Angels were coming to town to San Diego on July 4th, right? That that weekend there, that series. And then a bunch of injuries happened in San Diego. Rendon got hurt. Trout got hurt. Shohei left. Like, there was, I think, blister stuff going on there. Like, it was just bad, and it went downhill from there. So they were in a playoff spot. Then they then the injuries bit them. So did, did Phil Nevin, as I talked about on my reaction video yesterday up on this YouTube channel, did Phil Nevin really get as long of a leash as he probably should have gotten with the Angels? I'm not so sure. Would he, my question with Phil Nevin is, would he be able to connect with A.J. Preller? Like, what would their relationship be like? Because I see Phil Nevin as a guy that is very fiery and passionate, enthusiastic, someone that will definitely defend his players, which I love. Uh, there were plenty of ejections with the Angels. How would he get along with A.J. Preller? Would they connect? And Phil Nevin like as a manager, as, as a guy, like defender of your players, right? That's part of the managing that I think a lot of fans want to see in their manager. Like he would fit that box, check that box. Yes. But was he in the organization? Does he know how AJ Preller operates? Was he in this organization for the last two, three years, like some, like Schilt, like Flaherty, and they, they've interacted with Preller. They have a previous relationship with AJ Preller. I was listening to Darren Smith the other day uh, on San Diego Sports 760, and he was talking about how Mike Schilt had like a direct line to Peter Seidler. So does Phil Nevin have that, right? Um, so Phil Nevin, would I rather have Phil Nevin or Benji Gill? I don't know because like, I think a lot of fans would say Benji Gill because they saw, well, Nevin didn't work with the Angels, but that doesn't mean that it won't work with the Padres. And Benji Gill's never managed in the big leagues before. Benji Gill, I would not immediately bash because he's never managed in the big leagues before. Like, I can't bash it and be like, what is Preller doing here? I think that because Preller is continuing to be with the Padres and he's running the show, it's probably best for the guy that comes in to be connected with A.J. Preller. Them share... Their vision, same vision, they're connected from the very beginning. And I think the best chance at that happening is through Mike Schilt or Ryan Flaherty because those two have been in the organization. They know A.J. Preller. And these other guys are coming from outside of the organization. Benji Gill, he does interest me, no doubt about that. Uh, Phil Nevin does interest me. Benji Gill, this is a guy that was the manager of the Mexico team in the WBC. This this, yeah, before before this 2023 season got underway, had some success there. He was managing in Mexico. And then this past year, he was the infield coach for the Angels. So he has a relationship with Phil Nevin. So these interviews, it could be one of them gets the manager job. And then AJ talks with the other and says, hey, you have a prior relationship with this guy. Do you want to be on this guy's coaching staff? 
because Nevin doesn't have a job in baseball right now. Benji Guild does not have a job in baseball right now. I guess technically he's employed by the Los Angeles Angels, but they're going to hire another manager as well. So that guy probably wants to bring in his own guys. So I put out this tweet yesterday. Do, do you think that this is a realistic coaching staff? I said Mike Schilt for manager, Eric Chavez, associate manager. And I'm just put it, naming these titles because these are the titles for some of these guys that were on this coaching staff this past season. Ryan Flaherty, offensive coordinator. Ruman Niebla, pitching coach. Phil Nevin, third base coach. I say third base coach because he was the Giants' third base coach. He was the Yankees' third base coach. He has that experience there. David Macias, Macias, however you pronounce his name, first base coach. That's what he was this past year. Benji Gill, bench slash infield coach. He was infield coach with the Angels. Bench coach because it would be an elevation from what he was with the Angels. Ben Fritz, bullpen coach, that would, that's what he was. I would be totally fine with keeping Ben Fritz as the bullpen coach, keeping Ruben Niebla as the pitching coach. A.J. Preller wants to keep Ryan Flaherty probably regardless of if he's the manager or not. So I have Flaherty in there. I know a lot of Padres fans are like, get this dude off of uh, the coaching staff. Don't need this guy to be the offensive coordinator. Like the offense sucked. So why is he continuing to get this job? Why? There's people that are like, why should he even be the manager when the offense sucked? He couldn't even do his job good enough. And now we want him to be the manager. Good job, Padres. And I guess I get it, but I'm not going to, I can't pin everything on Ryan Flaherty when we have a bunch of stars on this team and they just didn't perform up to the level of expectation this past year. So is that on Ryan Flaherty or is that on the guys that actually have a lot of talent and are the ones standing in the batter's box? Like I'm going to blame the players more than I'm going to blame Ryan Flaherty. And I just, I just don't know fully what Ryan Flaherty's role is with the Padres, you know? Um, but yeah, Mike Schultz, I think he probably is the favorite to be the manager right now. Some other people would say Ryan Flaherty. If Preller is truly going with his guy, it's probably Flaherty over Schultz. But Seidler might be like, hey, we can keep Ryan Flaherty on the roster. He can be the bench coach, associate manager, whatever. We can elevate him so we don't lose him anywhere in case Preller's worried about that. And we're, we can have someone that's done this, done this before. He's made the postseason consistently when he was managing the Cardinals. He was part of that Cardinals way for a long time. We're going to make him the manager. We can sell this more than Ryan Flaherty, and you can keep Ryan Flaherty, AJ, in the organization. Right? How's that? Let's do that. So I'm just going with that kind of logic there. Eric Chavez, not a guarantee that he returns to the Mets. If the Padres, they're talking or they have talked with Eric Chavez is what it seems like. Maybe it's just about, hey, we're not going to go with you as manager, but we're willing to give you an assistant job. We're willing to, to uh, you know, give you associate manager, you know, essentially bench coach. Ruma Diebla, he's under contract, so they can keep him as pitching coach if they want to. Phil Nevin. Maybe, Phil probably would want a little bit bigger of a role, but I mean, he's not employed right now by another major league baseball team. So he could come back to San Diego and the Padres could be like, if things don't go well, I mean, we could always slide you and give you a bigger role in this organization. Um, and Hey, these guys, they want jobs in the big leagues. And so if no one's going to give Phil Nevin a managing gig, 
which that's it seems like no one's going to give Phil Nevin a managing gig. There's a bunch of openings, and I haven't heard Nevin interviewing for any other managing job yet. So Phil Nevin, this might just be his like best big league coaching staff opportunity. And then Benji Gill, kind of same thing there. Like maybe he could get a job somewhere else, but is it going to be on a team with this much talent? Is it going to be where he grew up? He grew up in Chula Vista. So he gets to stay in Southern California. He was just with the Angels, close to Mexico. Like he he might be really open to that if he doesn't get another managing opportunity somewhere else in the big leagues. And it doesn't seem like he will. So going back to these guys here, Chavez seems like you can cross his name off. Benji Gill, Phil Nevin, those guys. I feel like these external candidates that are coming out, it's just the Padres saying, hey, we talked to other people, even though they're all in the area. So it just feels like they're kind of going through the motions here with this. And they know that they're going to go with Flaherty or with Schilt. And they can use those manager interviews to gauge those people's interest in being coaches on the staff. If they don't think that they, if they know that they're not going to go in the manager direction with any of those candidates so we'll see what happens there who would i rather have among those four managing this team schilt flaherty benji gill or who am i forgetting phil nevin i would probably go with mike schilt still and then i mean i want benji gill i'd love to have phil nevin be a coach i i don't i don't know if that realistic if that coaching staff that i put out on social media yesterday i don't think that's super realistic but that's just bunching together a bunch of names that were either on the staff this past year that could stay, guys that Preller likes, guys that have talked to the Padres, at least reportedly, and just bunching them up all together and hoping that they would be willing to assemble, I don't want to say like a super coach, a super staff, you know how they're super teams, super staff, super coaching staff. I don't think I would label it that, but that's that coaching staff, that would not be the worst coaching staff in baseball for sure. I mean, there's a lot of names there that have big league playing experience. There's some guys where it's like Eric Chavez. Wow, okay. Phil Nevin. Wow, okay. Benji Gill. Oh, okay. Mike Schilt, you know, former manager with the Cardinals, former manager of the year. Oh, okay. You know, Ryan Flaherty obviously used to play for the Orioles. I know a lot of Padres fans aren't too big on Ryan Flaherty, and I, I understand. But that would not be the worst coaching staff. I don't know if that's fully going to happen. And there's probably outside names that the new manager coming in would want to hire that we're, we don't even know about that. We're not even thinking about, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some of these names that are on this coaching staff in 2024. And it feels like it's going to be still Ryan Flaherty or Mike Schilt. I would be surprised if it's not one of those two guys, I would go with Mike Schilt, but I'm sure that there's a crowd that would go with Ryan Flaherty because maybe they think that he's more sharing the same vision. He's more connected with A.J. Preller. And he's closer in age to the players, so maybe he can relate to the players a little bit better. Mike Schilt hasn't gotten another managerial interview since he got fired by the St. Louis Cardinals. What does that say? Red flags there. But there, you could say that there's red flags about Ryan Flaherty as well. You could say there was red flags about all these candidates, you know? So whoever the Padres 
hire here as the manager. If it's Mike Schilt, I'll probably be a little bit excited. If it's Benji Gill, I'll probably be a little bit excited because of the intrigue there. If it's Phil Nevin, I'll probably be a little bit excited because there's intrigue for me in that as well. Um, any of these guys, I mean, I'm a Padres fan, so I'm going to be interested in any move that is made here. But, yeah, I'm going to admit, like, whatever move is made, it's going to get compared to Bob Melvin. And does it, with any of these candidates, is it going to be a firm step up compared to Bob Melvin? Like, this is a upgrade over Bob Melvin. I, I just don't see that in any of these candidates. There's potential, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Bob Melvin, sure, they didn't make the postseason this past year, and he did want out. Like, he wanted to go manage the Giants. He openly said that. Some people don't want to believe that, and all, and it was all A.J. Preller. He played a role in it as well. I understand that, but, you know, he did take the Padres to the NLCS in 2022, and they were a few wins away, right, from going to the World Series. And that next manager coming in will be judged against Bob Melvin and what he was able to do, at least in the first season, with the Padres. That next manager will be expected probably to take this team to NLCS maybe, win a postseason round at least, so that we could say, hey, we're making progress here. But I mean, it still feels like this team needs to be all in in 2024. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this next manager, regardless of who it is. So stay tuned for updates on this managerial search on social media at Talking Friars on Instagram. Instagram. Don't know what Instagram is. Instagram and Twitter and on this YouTube channel as well for live shows and episodes and reaction videos as well. Uh, Bob Melvin, he did go on Gwen and Chris yesterday, which was unexpected. And he pretty much wanted to go on to like thank Padres fans and try to like, because he probably saw or heard that there's some Padres fans that aren't too happy with him after he went to the Giants. And so he probably just wanted to come on and try to make things a little bit better. But I did see some reaction to his interview and there were fans that were like, kick, go kick rocks, Bill Mill. Like, who cares what you're saying right now? You're, you're on the Giants now. We're, we've moved on. We're trying to go get a new manager. We're hoping to kick your butt, you know, when you come to town to kick off the 2024 season, at least for the Giants, and kick off the Padres' home calendar, the home, uh, you know, slate for their 2024 season. All right. Quick break, and then I'm going to get to some in the chat and then to the Tatis season review. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. Jennifer in the chat says, I would say Benji over Nevin. I wonder why. why do fans think that why, let me know jennifer why you think that why benji gill over phil nevin is it because nevin already managed and you saw that it didn't result in any postseason appearance for the angels and they had shohei and trout and still couldn't get to the postseason is it because benji has some san diego ties you saw him in the wbc managing mexico and they got pretty far 
what what is it that intrigues people to say Benji Gill over Phil Nevin? I'm not saying you're wrong. Definitely not saying that. I'm just curious. Like, why is that for some people? Because I do see some people saying, yeah, Benji Gill, but then I don't see them like provide a reason to it. So I'm just interested interested in seeing some fans' opinions on why why Benji Gill do they think that that would be the best guy. If you want to join the show, you have some thoughts, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat here, live on the YouTube stream, as always. Devin asks, would Phil Nevin be a better bench coach than a manager? That's interesting. That's He could go, you know, that there's the Andy Green route, the Jace Tingler route, right? I mean, you look at Jace Tingler, didn't work as manager of the Padres, and then he goes to the Minnesota Twins, and he's the bench coach under Rocco Baldelli, and look where they got this year. You know, they they win the division. I get the AL Central. It's not the AL East. It's not the NL West. It's not the NL East. I understand that. But they still won the division. And they knocked off the Blue Jays. You know, knocked off that uh, postseason losing streak. 18 consecutive games, I think it was, that the Twins had lost. Won that postseason series. And he's helping out Rocco Baldelli, you know, as a former manager. Yeah, it didn't work out, but just because it doesn't work out doesn't mean that, like you're saying, Devin, that these former managers can't go and be successful bench coaches because they have been in the position that that manager is in right now. And so they can, maybe they see something a little bit differently. They can help that guy prepare and be ready for all different, all different situations. And so, yeah, I, I could see Phil Nevin maybe being a better bench coach than a manager. Um, and I would be open to seeing Phil Nevin be the Padres' bench coach if they decide to go in another direction and that's Phil Nevin's best opportunity around baseball. It's still a talented roster, in my opinion. Is there flaws? Does it need to get better? Yes, but there's still talent on this roster. And I could definitely see this Padres team being a postseason team next year if some things turn around. Um, and Phil, you know, getting to stay in Southern California. He went to Cal State Fullerton, uh, which my mom would be happy to have me be talking about because she went to Fullerton as well. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think he would he would be interested in being on the staff because I assume that he wants to stay in Major League Baseball. He wants to, you know, like this is just who he is. He's a baseball lifer. So, yeah, I, I could see it. Devin says Padres need a third base coach, bench coach as well. Yes, because Matt Williams and Ryan Christensen are, I believe, going to the San Francisco Giants to be with Bob Melvin, which should not surprise anyone because Bob Melvin is close with both of those guys. And those are the two guys that he hired to come with him to the Padres from the Oakland A's. I think Matt Williams was with the Oakland A's at the time. I know Christensen was. I think Matt was as well. So... Yep, third base coach. Maybe Glenn Hoffman wants to come back. Uh, you know, Matt Williams. There was there was a lot of um, a lot of times this year where I felt like, man, that's a bad send. Why are we sending this guy? What are we doing? So I wish him very well health wise. I know he was dealing with some health problems this past season. So definitely wishing him the best there. But just like Bob Melvin, not wishing him the best other than health wise. Because I hope that the Padres kick their butt every time that they play. I hope the Giants don't win the division. I hope the Giants don't make the postseason. I am not wishing them well in San Francisco. Um, and bench coach, yeah, like 
Phil Nevin, if he wants to be third base coach or if he wants to be bench, maybe they hire Mike Schilt and Preller makes Ryan Flaherty be the bench coach. And so, you know, Nevin, his the the main option for him maybe would be third base coach. I, I'm just throwing these things out there. Like Eric Chavez could be an option on this coaching staff. Maybe that's why Preller brought him in. Maybe that's why Preller brought uh, brought Phil Nevin in or. Maybe he brought him in initially to talk to him about maybe being the manager and seeing how they connect. But then, you know, as that conversation happened or the interview could happen later this week, I assume they've talked, but the interview, I guess, might not happen until later this week. Maybe during that interview, things switch to, well, we really like who we're talking to right now. We're narrowing it down here. Would you be interested in being an assistant on this person's staff? So. We'll see what happens. I think that there's a lot of coaches that would still like to be assistants. Maybe not the manager, but I think there's some that would like to be a part of this that don't have jobs right now in baseball. Not because they don't know what they're doing, but just because there's a lot of teams this offseason that still need to go find a manager. And that manager, that that organization as well, might not want to bring those guys back because they just want to bring in all new Guys, you know, make a complete change. Johnny says, Ryan Flaherty, question mark, an extremely marginal big league player, career 215 hitter, 50 career home runs. Why? Offensive coordinators are for football, not baseball. Well, it's just the, yeah, I don't know why the Padres switched the name from hitting coach to offensive coordinator. Is it just because they're, the hitting coach label wasn't working? They just kept firing and cycling through guys. I don't know why they made that change, but they did. It seems like he's the main hitting coach. And I get it. Like career 215 hitter, not a big home run guy. Why would they make him the hitting coach? That doesn't make sense. But look at Barry Bonds with the Marlins. How did that work out? Look at Mark McGuire with the Padres. How did that work out? Just because you were very successful as a, as a player you were one of the best hitters in the game, that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to be a good hitting coach. Because sometimes you're just so talented as a player and you think that it's so easy, it should come so easy, that you can't help players make adjustments because they, it just doesn't come as easy to them as it came to you. But Ryan Flaherty, the Padres, I guess they must believe that he is someone that maybe wasn't the best offensive player but he does know what he's talking about. He's someone that can translate the analytics, the information that he receives from the front office. He can give that to the players in a way that is very easy for them to understand, and they can go use that to their advantage in games and preparing for games and all that. I feel like that's what a lot of this, these offensive coordinator, hitting coach, assistant hitting coach, these positions are nowadays. Because there are players that have their own personal hitting coach. There are players, there's so much time to watch video for these players at the hotel, like Bogarts was doing this year, in the dugout during games, trying to make adjustments before the game, video during batting practice, looking at their swing. What are they doing wrong? What are they doing right? I know JD Martinez with the Dodgers does that all the time. So I feel like the players have a good sense, some of them, especially like the smart, really good players have a sense of what they need to do to improve. It's more, I feel like there's so much information probably that these coaching staffs are getting 
and I've never been one. I'm not in that clubhouse, obviously, so I'm just guessing. But I assume that there's a lot of information that they're getting, and they have to determine, okay, what information does this player want? What is best for this player? Give it to that player. And the Padres must think that Ryan Flaherty is a good guy at doing that. And the players can relate to him, and they like him, and so that's why he's still there. But I do understand just the regular fan out there looking at the offensive production and saying, okay, this guy wasn't a Hall of Fame hitter and the offense wasn't good. Why is he continuing to be very well thought of by A.J. Preller, by some people in this Padres organization, right? Uh, Gilbert says, I low-key want Gabe Kapler. That's another one where I don't know if he would really fit with A.J. Preller. And he loves doing the matchups. And is the Padres roster, is that best? Is that type of manager best for this Padres team? Charlie says, Benji Gill took Team Mexico to the WBC semifinals. In many eyes, he has shown he could coach and inspire a team to play hard for him. Okay, yeah. Did Mark DeRosa do that with Team USA? You know, there's... I don't want to take too much from the WBC because that was a short tournament. That wasn't six months. That wasn't a full season. That wasn't three years. I don't want to fully discredit it. Not saying that I'm trying to like fully discredit, like, oh, just throw that out. Like there is value to that. And he was managing some big leaguers and he was managing against some big leaguers in those games. And managing is managing, you know, like so he and there were some interesting things that he had to deal with as well, because there were major league teams telling him, OK, only this amount of pitches for this guy. This guy's unavailable. This guy is available for one inning or for three innings or for four innings only. Like he had to deal. I know Mark DeRosa had to deal with that as well for Team USA and the restrictions. So he, he did definitely have to manage. But. Is it the time for the Padres to take another risk hiring Benji Gill as the manager when they have Mike Schilt, who already knows A.J. Prowler, he has managed before? I think that players would respect him coming in, and not coming in, but being promoted in that organization. He has a good relationship with Fernando Tatis Jr. I think that's a good start. Really helped him come back. You could go with that. Like That guy is in-house. And this could be A.J. Preller's last managerial hiring because this next manager is probably getting a three-year contract. A.J. Preller's contract ends in three seasons. So this it would line up for those two to be linked together at the hip. Like, this is it. Both your jobs right here. Is he willing to take that risk? Or does he want to go with someone like Ryan Flaherty or someone like Mike Schilt, who has already been in the Padres organization. And AJ already knows those guys better than Benji Gill, knows those guys better than Phil Nevin and Eric Chavez, I would imagine. I, I, I just think that the, it would probably be best for the Padres to go with Schilt or Flaherty. I definitely will understand the frustration, though, with people going with Ryan Flaherty. I, I would go Mike Schilt over Ryan Flaherty. But what should happen here with AJ if this, you know, he should have it. He should have the mentality that this is my last manager. I'm going to go with the guy that I know 
my gut instead of bringing in an external candidate. I think that's what he should do, but obviously we will see if he actually ends up doing that. By the way, it's Trent Grisham's birthday, so happy birthday to him. I just saw that on the Padres' Twitter. Devin says, Benji Gill and Mark DeRosa are very compelling options for me. They seem to be very knowledgeable in baseball. Both seem to have some experience in coaching and I think are worth the risk. Mark DeRosa, I would love to have him on the coaching staff. I... I think he is respected by players. I love his breakdowns on MLB Network, on MLB Central. But I also question how he would get along with AJ. Based on his remarks on MLB Network, it doesn't seem like he really agrees with some of the things that AJ Preller has done. And so for manager, I just don't see that happening. Coaching staff, I feel like if he's going to leave his family and leave MLB Central, which it seems like he loves doing, I think he'd want to do it to be the manager, not a coach and every weekend he's able to fly back from new jersey where mlb network is fly back to his family i think in georgia coach his son in i think travel ball and then fly back for the week of work and break down games break down players and all that like i, I think that he likes where he's at does he want to get back into the, the every day the world baseball classic is one thing but that's not the entire season is he willing to get back in that if he's not the manager? And I haven't heard anything about the Padres being interested in Mark DeRosa at, at any level. So we'll see. I mean, he is someone that I believe picked the Padres to win the World Series this past year. So I think he still believes in a lot of the players on that team. But a question is the A.J. Preller fit, right? Just like we have to question that with every candidate that is brought up. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right. 
Let's get to the Fernando Tatis Jr. season review. So he finished with a 4.4 F war in 141 games. 257 average, 322 on base percentage, 449 slug, 113 weighted runs created plus, 91 runs scored, 78 runs driven in, 25 home runs. I I could point out a lot of positives from this season from Fernando. Him being able to play essentially every day when he came back. How many games did he miss? One. Since he came back from that suspension. The surgery, he got the surgeries, was willing to be a team player with that, probably didn't want to do the surgeries. He got, I think he got three surgeries this past offseason. He didn't have a full offseason, you know, regular full offseason like he will this coming offseason. He comes back, works his butt off in the outfield, ends up being the gold glove or should be gold glove winning right fielder, one of the best outfielders in baseball, period. And until really the end there, he was one of the Padres' better offensive producers. Now, yeah, that's also like, well, Ben, that was the 2023 season. Is that that impressive? But, I mean, this is a guy that still finished with the F4 above four, almost four and a half, when he missed 20 games. He had, had the 20 games, 21 games, I guess, but 20 game suspension to start the year. And that's where the negatives are, right? The Padres missed the playoffs by two games. If they would have had Fernando for those first 20 games, would they have made the postseason? Or if Fernando would not have struggled there at the end, Tatis told Kevin AC, I couldn't execute the way I'm capable of. I don't know, a lot of factors. My swing was feeling better. Then I kind of lost it, just wasn't able to execute the way I wanted. His second half OPS was 200 points below, over 200 points below his first half OPS. One of his worst offensive months of the season came down the stretch in his like last month. 700, his, his OPS was barely over 700, hit 223. He was swinging and missing. It, it was still not great there like that. I uh, want more contact there from Fernando. But he was still a 25 home run, 25 stolen base player. Played really well defensively. There's a lot of red on his baseball savant page if I go look at that. And that is what I'm actually pulling up right now. So things that I want, I think Nando probably needs to improve on is the swing and miss, being able to be strong throughout the entire season. But we have to mention that this guy did not have a full regular offseason because he couldn't do some things because he was rehabbing from the surgeries that he had. I think he handled himself really well when the chance came down in opposing ballparks and the booze. He was just playing along with it like he can't change the past and he was just having fun with it. And you look at his baseball savant, it's a ton of red. I'll go down this here. Fielding run value, 96 percentile, which is really good. X, there's some of these stats I have no freaking idea what they are, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. But those super smart people will, I guess, know what these stats are. Um, if it's in the red, I do know that is really good. And almost everything here is red. XWOBA. XWOBA. Does that take the, is that like ballpark adjusted, I think? 90th percentile. 
X batting average, 89th percentile. X slug, 91st percentile. Average exit velocity, 89th percentile. Barrel percentage, not, not super red, but it's still 70th percentile. Hard hit percentage, 90th percentile. Like he's smashing the ball. Uh, chase rate, it's blue. Whiff rate, it's blue. Like that needs to get better. But I do understand, like, you'll take it. You know, with some of the power, the hard hit balls from Tati, she'll take the swing and miss. But I still think that that can get better. Um, range, out above average, 94th percentile. Arm value, 94th percentile. Arm strength, 99th percentile. Sprint speed, 94th percentile. Like, there is a ton of red for Fernando. Things to improve on for sure. But you definitely saw things this past season where it's like, all right, Coming off surgeries, I'll take it. And next year, 2024, watch out. This guy could end up having a Ronald Acuna Jr. type 2024 season. Because Acuna, he had the injury. 2022 wasn't amazing. Comes in in 2023. I know he didn't show up as much as he should have in the postseason. But in the regular season, the dude won the MVP. I mean, he broke records. What, what did Acuna finish with this year? It was like 60-40 season or something, or 40-60. I forget if they – is it stolen bases first or is it home – I think it's home runs first. 41 home runs, 337 average, a 1,012 OPS, 73 stolen bases with 41 bombs, an 8.1 war. I don't know if Nando's going to get that, but – I mean, that, that's a ridiculous year from Acuna. If Tatis next year can go, like, I don't even need 40 bombs, but, like, 35 bombs, OPS over 1,000, over 100 runs driven in, 40-plus 50 stolen bases, 40-plus stolen bases. Because how many, how many stolen bases did he finish with this year? 27? 29. 29 stolen bases, 25 home runs, 5-5 war. That's him missing 20-plus games. OPS, yeah, like, that needs to get better. More consistency. But he's going to have a full offseason coming up. And I could definitely see him being a top three MVP candidate this coming year. And if that's the case, I mean, it's baseball. I mean, Blake Snow won the Cy Young. Josh Hader had a sub-2 ERA. Juan Soto still had an OPS over 900, I think, right? And Hassan Kim was great. And the Padres missed the postseason, right? So Tatis could still have an amazing season next year, and the Padres missed the postseason. But if he does have a really good season, I'm also banking that Manny's not going to have as bad of a year. Bogarts hopefully will be a little bit better. Cronenworth hopefully will be a little bit better. Soto will be, if he's on the team, will be more motivated and he'll have an even better year, you know, in a walk year before free agency. Hopefully the health is a little bit better, not as many injuries, not guys out for an extended period of time. Tatis, hopefully he can stay healthy and the Padres will be in a really good spot if that happens. So we'll see. I know it's a lot of hope, right? That's a, a big thing because a lot of these guys are locked down. But yeah, I see this here in the chat. 40-40 Tatis next year. Watch. You heard it from me first. Devin says 70 stolen bases, 40 home run season. Uh, Cunha did. I don't think Tatis is going to do that, but 
something kind of like that, where it's like a big step up in comparison to the year prior, I would not be shocked. I would not be surprised if Tatis does that this next year. And I think that's what the expectation should be. Manny might say, it's all you guys in the media with your expectations. It's like, you players should have high expectations. Tatis needs to have these high expectations for next season because this season was a failure. Some guys had good seasons, but overall, you didn't make the postseason. And making the postseason wasn't even supposed to be good enough. We were expecting this team to make a deep run into the postseason, and that didn't happen. So, no, it's not the media with the expectations. These players should have high expectations on themselves and be pissed off at themselves that they weren't able to do it. So we'll see what happens next year for Fernando, for the rest of the club. Um, I, I, but I definitely saw some encouraging things from Fernando Tatis Jr. What I would say to Nando is kind of like this year. I'm not talking, you know, take FanFest out of it. But just go about your business. Say all the right things to the media. Just go about your business. And, you know, actions speak louder than words. Don't talk about, oh, who are we going to face in the World Series? Um, don't, don't say that stuff because that's just putting an even bigger target on your back. Just say, we're going to work our butt off. Last year wasn't good enough. And hopefully things will go our way. We're going to put in the work and we'll see what happens. We're not going to give up and leave it at that. Don't put these things out there. Juan Soto, don't put things out there. Like the Dodgers should be worried about us. We're not worried about them. Dodgers should be worried about us. Don't, no need to put that out there because that's just going to put a bigger target. That's just going to be spread around social media and the Dodgers will see that. Other teams will see that. And that's just, there's, there's just no need. Just if all you do is have boring quotes out there, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world this next season. So we'll see what happens. Um, getting back to the chat here, going back to the Padres coaches. Devin says McGuire was not the reason the Dodgers succeeded when he was there. Oh, Johnny brought up McGuire was the Dodgers hitting coach and did very well there. Yeah, but I mean, look at the players that were on that team. Right. What did he do? What did he do with the Padres? With the players that were on that team? You could say, well, the players weren't that good. That's not on the coach. Okay, then you can't give the coach praise when you have uh, Matt Kemp and his prime on the Dodgers. I think that's when McGuire was the hitting coach there. Like, so if you're going to blame the hitting coach when players suck, you can't just go give all the praise to the players and don't praise the hitting coach. Or if you're not going to praise the hitting coach when things are going well, then don't be like, fire the hitting coach when things aren't going well. That's That's my opinion on that. Uh, Charlie says, DeRosa could come out of left field and blindside everyone. If you ever watch MLB Network, all DeRosa does is praise Preller and talk good about the Padres. I think he talks good about the pod, like talent on the team, and he doesn't want to give up on the Padres. But with Preller, uh, I remember DeRosa not really understanding what the Padres were doing this season and what A.J. Preller was doing. Did you need Xander Bogarts? Like, I remember him talking about that. So I don't, I don't know if he totally agrees with things that AJ Preller is doing. I think that him being a coach, I think he'd love to be 
in that clubhouse with those guys and talking with those guys and helping those guys out. But the AJ Preller thing, that's why I'm that's why manager, I don't see that happening. Because manager Preller's gonna want to communicate more. That's what he said in his video conference. He wants to communicate more with the manager, with the coaching staff, with the players and all, and be more involved, be more there than he was these past couple years. So, again, going back to the manager thing, sharing the same vision, that's going to be huge. And so I think the, the best move for AJ is to just hire from within. Not That might not be what Padres fans want. They might want Benji Gill, might want someone else, unless it's like Skip Schumacher or you know someone like that. It's probably the safer thing to go hire from within someone that you know. So if you have to, you know, your, your job's on the line, at least you're going with your guy, not with an external guy. You can bring someone else in to be a coach. You can bring other guys in, ex external guys to be coaches, but. For the manager, I think AJ wants to be connected with that guy, be thinking the same thing as that guy. They can disagree, but have the same vision. That manager want the information from the front office and be willing to adapt and take some of that information in. And that, that doesn't seem what Bob like what Bob Melvin was willing to do there. But then the front office also has to be willing to adjust to the manager as well. So like Again, there's fault with both of those guys. Um, not seeing anything else here on social media. Any updates as of now on the Padres managerial search? Was just reported by Andy Martino of SNY. Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza in a second round callback interview with the Mets. Interviewed last week and today's is in person. Also in the mix in Cleveland. Strong candidate with the Giants before the Melvin hire. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if Carlos Mendoza, for example, is hired by the Mets or hired by another team, let's say he's hired by the Mets, does he want Eric Chavez to return? And if not, do the Padres want Eric Chavez to be a part of the coaching staff and he comes to the Padres as an assistant to whoever they hire? So it's, it's, it's worth looking at and paying attention to who these other teams end up hiring to be their managers. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 505. Reminder, SeatGeek code Talking Friars, $20 off your first order there. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $500. Yes, $500. Not 100, 500. Limited time offer, so please use that to your advantage. They've got NBA, college basketballs coming up, college football, World Series for at least another night. A lot of other sports, I think NHL, there's soccer. So please use that to your advantage. Again, click the link in the description for that or use code TalkingFriars, BreakingT.com. Click the link in the description there. Padres shirts, sweatshirts, same thing with the Aztecs and Sandy Gawave. The Aztecs play this weekend coming up on Saturday. That's Saturday afternoon at Snapdragon Stadium. We'll see how many people are there. San Diego State still you know, asking for way too much money for upper deck prices, upper deck tickets, in my opinion. San Diego Wave playoff match coming up on Sunday. So busy weekend at Snapdragon Stadium. Sunday night, winner against, uh, it's them against OL Rain, winner 
goes to the championship game on November 11th. So again, wave old rain November 5th. You can get your tickets on San Diego Wave's website as low as $10. Lower Bowl is already sold out, so get your tickets there quickly. Gaglion Bros, main sponsor of the show, best cheesesteaks in town. Click the link in the description for their website, their menu, their phone number. Main location is on Friars Road. And FOCO, great pod- Padres bobbleheads and collectibles there as well. So thank you to the partners for supporting the show. Thank you to you all for tuning in. Another show, another episode of Talking Friars. Phil Nevin, Benji Gill in discussions with the Padres. We'll see what happens with Eric Chavez. We'll see what happens with Mike Schilt and Ryan Flaherty. We'll see if there's some other external names that gets thrown in here when this World Series ends. Doesn't seem like a manager decision is going to come sometime in the next 48 hours. So we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Thank you all for the support. Have a great rest of your day.